Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. So welcome to People with Purpose. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Ryan Pinnock, who is the uh, the founder and CEO of Super Genius Global, uh, an organization uh, which helps people to unlock their purpose and get in touch with their super genius to live the life they would truly desire. So Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you. I think it's been a, a long time coming. You know, our, our worlds are colliding and our passions are similar. So looking forward to the, the conversation, my friend. Yeah, brilliant. Likewise, likewise. So uh, so what have you been working on recently? Well, I've got to start with my purpose. So, you know, that always um, evolves and gets clearer. And it's, you know, a, 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 an organic journey for me. I don't know what it's like for anyone else. But in terms of purpose, for me, it's, you know, obviously my business, you know, I'm in a lovely relationship. So that's in there. And her daughter is getting to the point where she needs to go to school. So the decisions to put her in the great school, that's part of it. So, yeah, it feels more like purpose is more like a dance, whereas maybe in my 20s, I thought that purpose was the static thing that you had to discover some kind of destiny that, you know, you could just download a PDF and you go, oh, there was my purpose and there's a step. So so I'm, I'm enjoying the process. Of course, it's challenging along the way, uh, mentally, emotionally. Um, getting you out of your comfort zone, having to learn new things, uh, face your demons, get the rewards. So, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. You know, um, so yeah, thanks, David. That's uh, that's that's the focus. Is keep going for what we love and see where that journey goes to. Get it wrong, get it right. You know, all the stuff in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in between. But so, yeah. but that's that's really interesting. So, so you say, you say in your twenties you had a, a view of purpose that was about something more kind of static, definitive. So, have you been thinking about purpose for 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 a while then? Yeah, I think it was driven by a couple of things. One, uh, my upbringing was very volatile and uncertain, so maybe I was looking for certainty and purpose. Um, I, I worked really hard at school. I wasn't the smartest kid, but I did work hard thanks to my grands disciplinarian um, style of motivation and bribes with uh, <laughs> sweets and, and cash. And um, so, so I got to the point at the end of my school career and I realized I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So, so that pain point, I think, really instigated a curiosity about what is it that I'm meant to do? And at the time, I took advice from a careers advisor, got into engineering. And whilst I worked hard and did okay in that, I, I felt like something was missing. So I've always been a bit of a seeker. You know, I had some uh, addiction issues early in my 20s. So that led me to a kind of spirituality and a journey around spirituality. And of course, you know, a large part of spiritual philosophies is purpose. So I don't know if it's meant to be or destiny, but in that story, it almost feels like I fell into the journey of purpose. But yeah, definitely. And I'd say probably my own misconception. I thought my, my destiny and my purpose was kind of like a fixed determined thing. And what I found was that was an unhelpful mindset to have because I'd almost get like purpose paranoia. Like, oh my God, is this what I'm meant to do? And am I doing it right? And what if I get it wrong? And will I be, you know, getting to the end of my life and fail some sort of exam where I failed my purpose? I felt it really stressful and 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 quite prohibiting in terms of my creativity, exploration and happiness. 
so then you know in my 30s I I got introduced to consciousness and sort of hyper intuition and and that's when sort of following that intuition made me feel more free that I was able to design my purpose the way I wanted to to create it so who knows how we end up doing what we do and uh, all I know is that in my heart I believe that when a person is on purpose or going towards their purpose then they're a really powerful person regardless of their circumstances or their past so for me it's been a really powerful driving force yeah and and it is it is fascinating what you say because when you're uh, searching for a purpose that can sometimes become a like a real yeah like I say a real stressor i mean how how do you help people to kind of um get enough confidence to 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 pin something down for long enough to go after it for long enough to see yeah. if it works for them yeah it's a great question and and it's it's one that i suppose my answer evolves over time uh, as well as yeah as i work with more people you know you kind of get clearer and more specific and all that kind of stuff for me it was starting simple and when i when i used to think of the question like what's my purpose it was such a big question to digest particularly with most people i don't know what it's like for most people but i would imagine you know we we we're looking to make money somewhere we've got things going on we've got family we've got you know challenges health challenges things life life stuff right and then you got to try and process that big question of what's my purpose what's my business's purpose what's the purpose of my relationship what's my spiritual purpose and all these big questions so for me that was overwhelming and and actually in my pursuit of purpose i didn't really have a life which is ironic so i was like you know what i'm going to just keep it small and i'm going to just think about what is it that i enjoy or more specifically what is it that i love you know this idea was presented to me and and it had a profound effect on me because i had a lot of unresolved past dilemmas and conflicts and issues and loose ends in my in my life some of which are still you know not resolved and the question what would i love seemed to answer what i wanted from all of those experiences and those challenges and unresolved things so for example with my dad who i was relatively estranged with i was like cool when i asked what would i love i was like well i just love to spend some time with him and you know, when I started to think about my purpose, I was like, well, I don't know what my purpose is, but what I'd love today is to go for a walk in nature or go watch a football game at Anfield or go to a seminar. And I kind of made it smaller and more digestible by simply reflecting on regularly what would I love. And as I did that, things started to snowball and then the answers became bigger, the challenges that I wanted to solve became bigger. And, and so this organic resonance of truth around my purpose which I believe is centered around our genius, uh, became clear. So I think starting small is, is critical. I guess um, if, you, if you ask yourself the what would I love question, um, sometimes you can kind of play tricks on yourself and, and the easiest person to lie to is yourself, right? So, yeah. so, so how, how do you know when you're answering that question, you're telling yourself the truth? The simple answer is you, you can never really be sure. <laughs> the the solution to that uh, dilemma which is I, I believe is going to be a a dilemma that will be for us with us for life right because you ask a very profound question and that is one i believe there's a spiritual part to us our genius which is you know our purpose our destiny an intuitive sat nav that knows how we can go by creating manifesting abundance health love and happiness but then there's also an ego part of us which is 
our old wounded self that was formed in an individual experience to create our persona and identity in our childhood. And there have been times, let's say I'm in a conflict in my relationship, where I'm going, well, what I'd love to do, and I'm going to keep it clean, is to leave, right? <laughs> I won't tell you exactly what I would normally say in that instance, but you get the drift, right? <laughs> so, so then noticing where which 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 part of ourselves is re- addressing that question is vital. So thank you for bringing that up. But um, but the the solution, David, as you know, is that evolving your consciousness and raising your vibration and and elevating your frequency means that the probability that the questions coming from love and genius is higher. It's never guaranteed, but it is higher. So for example, in my twenties, I would is I'd probably say I was a very low vibration person. You know, rage and ha- uh, happiness happiness wasn't in my life. I was very angry. I was very resentful, very addictive, very toxic um, in, in everything I was doing. So so therefore, asking the question when you're in a toxic vibration, it can be dysfunctional, right? Hmm. But as I evolved my vibration towards, you know, one day hopefully getting to a frequency of love, but at least gratitude for now or contentment and peace means that when I ask what do I love, it's going to be more purpose-driven, actually, whether it's purpose in my relationship, purpose in my health, purpose for the greater good of the world, et cetera. So this, the, the antidote, the medicine is, is to evolve your consciousness. And so then that question will have a much more profound impact when you ask it. Cool, cool. And so how, how does one go about evolving their consciousness? Yeah, great question. So um, just off the top of my head, there's a couple of basic things people can do. And um, these are suggestions. Not uh, I'm not telling people what to do. So one of the things that helps me is I don't drink. Uh, the other thing that helps me is I uh, don't do recreational drugs anymore. Now, I love drinking and I love taking recreation, <laughs> but I love my purpose more. Right. So I can choose, you know, and uh, also, you know, just on a much more daily level or day to day level, your 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 health, you know, drinking lots of water. I found even now to this stage, you know, I don't actually have coffee anymore. And listen, I love coffee, right? Mm. So so looking off your physical body. Because it's a conduit and the and the vehicle of your vibration is critical. Exercise, sleep, etc. Then getting into practices of self-awareness, particularly around to start off as the basics, meditation. You know, if you start practicing meditation and you have the ability to keep your focus on your breath and nothing else and be thoughtless for a period of time, and you can extend that period of time, then you'll get to experience sort of an egoless space, which then creates a vacuum in your consciousness where your intuition and your wisdom and your genius can present itself, right? Steven Spielberg calls that the whisper. So you want the whisper of your, your purpose and your genius to, to have space. But then, of course, you can do more advanced trainings. Obviously, we do that where people can literally heal themselves from their ego. Because I, where I look at ego, it's very different to, to most people and all philosophies are super valid. But for me, it's, you know, the ego is like cloud cover blocking the light of the sun. I believe that everyone's enlightened and that if you can heal the cloud cover in your consciousness, this, your sun and your potential will shine through naturally. So, so doing some work on, on, on your negative emotions, your traumas, your past, your thoughts, uh, your negative thought patterns, your limiting beliefs, and then ultimately really deep, deep work in healing your ego is, is the journey to mastery, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. And, and I suppose that's again where the, the, the paradox comes in, doesn't it? Cause if you're, um, I mean, you know, I mean, just for full transparency, um, you know, you're one of my mentors, and so and so, I've been through some of these some of these processes with you, and I and I kind of um, 
I've seen and I've I've experienced that kind of um, dissonance, if you like, when you when you're when you're working through a um, a situation where you, you and you're you're asking that question. So is it is this my ego, i.e., the thing that um, is trying to protect me to keep me safe? My kind of what they call it, chimp brain or whatever they call it. You know, is it is it that responding or is it my my guiding spirit? And uh, and yeah, sort of navigating your way through that. Um, really, it t- sort of takes a, a commitment of time, doesn't it? So you've got to kind of really kind of be into it. I mean, um, so that's something that I struggle with. Um, how do you keep that going for yourself? Intermittently. Um, you know, I'd love to I'd love to tell you I'm perfect. I'm, I'm probably the least perfect person on the planet. So for me, what I've learned is that when we're under pressure, and, 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 you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm out there, I've got a big mission, I'm very ambitious. And, um, and I've also had a, a really troubled past. So, so for all those forces in our consciousness, what I've learned to do is firstly to slow down, because I used to be, and I can still be very reactive, particularly around anger. It's a terrible thing I, I've had, and, and I'm still overcoming. And I grew up in a violent household. So um, I used it potentially as a safety mechanism, not sort of as a, an attacking mechanism, but more of a safety mechanism. So, so I can feel when my negative emotions are kicking in. You know, we we can feel when we're angry. We can feel when we're frustrated. We can feel. This is a bit of a tricky one to feel, but when we're getting defensive, mm. when we're getting anxious. So, the first trick is to probably identify what the negative emotions are that you experience. And I would put it to people that we experience all of them, and and the ones that you're thinking that you don't have, those are the ones you probably need to look out for most importantly, because you probably do it unconsciously. Mm. And then to the best of my ability, and it is tricky because we all react under highly emotional states, right? We're all human beings, is to the best of my ability, what I try and do is when I'm in a highly emotional state, what I've learned to do for now, maybe in 10 years time, the answer will be different, is just to pause and take a moment and actually listen or be in silence. And the the benefit that I found from from doing that is that one, you give yourself time to contemplate and get centered and become present. Uh, because I, with a hundred percent success rate, no, if I react, it's not going to be a, a positive outcome, or it's not going to contribute to to bring the situation back to unconditional love, right? So so I try to the best of my ability, stay present, give myself some space. And sometimes that means taking a day or two out of the situation until everything simmers down. Uh, because every time I've reacted, even if in the slightest way, it's it's been unhelpful or detrimental to the to the greater purpose of, of that relationship or situation. So it's taking time out, um, creating space, um, being more patient in my responses. And then, of course, if you're evolving your consciousness and your vibration, your intuition will kick in faster. So, so in the past, I used to really hang on to grudges and be negative for, well, for years, actually. <laughs> Whereas now, I have the ability to get into a situation which is terribly confronting or upsetting or challenging. And probably in less than 48, most likely 24 hours, bring myself back to love, be grounded and hopefully have a better chance of taking a better action. Now, I'm not bragging here. Uh, I've been very fortunate to meet, meet some incredible mentors along my way. And so anything I say about my 
acknowledgements or achievements or who I am today is most certainly a credit to to the people that have guided me along to my journey. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. So just want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, yeah, that is important to acknowledge. And, and uh, you, are, you are very, very humble and, and very honest with your, um, you know, with, with you telling your life story and all that kind of stuff. Is, is, that, is that part of the, um, I suppose, in a way, therapy for you, but also is it part of the kind of a way that you can keep yourself on track with perhaps the reason why you're reacting in the way that you are so you can stay on purpose? Yeah, good question. This is, it's a very complex, it's a simple question, but it's a complex journey. You know, one of the questions that um, I remember people asking me or, or saying is, you know, you just got to be yourself. And like, how easy does that sound? It's like, oh, you know what? That's where I've been going wrong. I just wasn't myself. There we go. Boom. I'm healed, right? But then the broader question is like, but who are you? You know? So that's a fascinating question. And I don't know if there's a, a destiny, Ryan. In other words, that's how I was meant to be. Or you make it up as you go along. But for me, I kind of have been blessed enough to be in a journey where I work with a lot of people. So I get a lot of feedback, not, not always pleasant um, on, on, on my side because rightfully I've, I've done something wrong, right? So, so, so the feedback we get along the way gives us an opportunity to decide who we are, right? So if you're sitting at home, like you've got your podcast, which I really you know, acknowledge and admire and you know, love that you're doing this and you're going to get feedback, right? or you write posts online, or you go and do talks, or you're a coach, or whatever your thing is, or even at work as an employee, you're going to get feedback, you know, find out who you are. And so I guess why I'm sharing my stories and why I, you know, who I am today, which might not be the right thing to do, I don't know, is just the consequence of me having feedback mechanisms. Um, For example, in some presentations in the past, I used to swear a lot, right? and in some environments, that got received really well. In other environments, it didn't get received well. So I had this massive, massive conflict because people were like, oh, you should swear that's who you are. And then some other people say, oh, that's not who you are. So I was like, I'm getting the same feedback from two different audiences. <laughs> yeah. And then actually during lockdown, I was doing a lot of online stuff, as many people were doing. And I noticed there were children in the background. So I then decided that largely... And I'm I'm a swearer in recovery. Um, yeah, I'm South African, by the way. So you know, the fact that it's what twenty minutes in and I've not said any swear swear words is is uh, yeah probably means I've lost my South African citizenship. But I expect the government to reach out to me and renounce my citizenship. So so um, so so. But but then it comes back to purpose, David. For me, I'm obsessed with purpose because like because then I can say, well, oh, screw them. I swear that's who I am, and that's cool too. By the way, I'm not judging that. But then I was like, hang on a second, what is my purpose? My purpose for me personally, which I just decided, it wasn't like I meditated in a cave for 30 years and I got struck by lightning and suddenly I was levitating, drinking blessed water. I'm sure those experiences have benefit, but that's not what happened for me, right? Um, if anyone's got some of that blessed water, please send me a DM. Yeah, I mean. Um, so <laughs> hopefully it makes the journey easier. But, but for me, it was sitting, looking at those kids and then people saying, I've got to log off because I've got kids. And then I was like, hmm, that hurt. So I was like, you know what? To the best of my ability, and I'm not always successful at this, I'm going to decide online, at least anyway, um, that I'm going to choose to try and temper my 
my swearing because I want to inspire kids. I, I decide to do that. It wasn't bestowed upon me. I made that decision. So plenty of feedback, David, um, plenty of contemplation, plenty of, of getting feedback that, that hurt where I was like, gosh, I said that thing and that was stereotypical. That was unconscious bias. You know, I grew up in apartheid South Africa. I came to England. You know, I'd only ever really met uh, probably a handful of black people in my life up until the age of 18. Bearing in mind, I grew up in a country where 60% of the population are black. So I had like a lot of unlearning to do, right? And so when, you, when you're that person and you're unconscious and you say things, even though it's unten- unintentional and you, and you hurt someone, for me, I'm like, gosh, I got to be a better person. I got to own that. I got to, I got to decide, do I want to be a PRICK or do I want to be someone who's serving their purpose and, and, and being all inclusive and having the humility to say, yeah, I messed up there and, and, and wear that issue or wear that mistake, you know? Mm. Sounds like um, part of the, the, the journey or the process that, that you're, you're on is, is, is a is a voyage into to self awareness. Is that fair to say? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I love I love the fact that Garrett Vaynerchuk says the secret to success is self awareness. Mm. Um, so, because the thing is, I the self awareness thing is critical. I used to be a speaker for a company called Rich Dad Poor Dad, teaching property and business trainings, and it bothered me that the percentage of success rate was not very high. Now, that wasn't because of the content or the company or the philosophy or the trainees or the mentors, because I was successful. So that's not a um, negative comment on, on the structure. And the, but I was like, the only variable here is the person. I mean, we, we, we teach thousands of people in a year, right? So sometimes I do a talk with two, 300 people. But then why is not, why is not everyone successful? So that, that bothered me, maybe spiritually, I suppose. And so that's why I dedicated my life to studying consciousness because I think that's, and self-awareness, uh, same thing, because I think that's the secret to success because anyone can learn tactics and strategies, get mentors and go to masterminds and get coaches and download stuff and watch YouTube and do funnels and do whatever they do, right? But if you don't know yourself, one, it goes back to your original question earlier in the conversation, like, are you coming from ego or are you coming from genius? Are you driven by your unconscious painful past of lack and therefore attract lack? Or are you actually creating a business or a relationship from purpose? So without that, you're going to suffer. Now, you know, you're a very, very successful dude. There's, there's a lot of people who are financially successful, but it's come at a cost of depression or relationships or health. Or as we've seen on TV with reality, reality stars, musicians and celebrities, they become successful in their work, but because they haven't got self-awareness, they drink, they drug, they even sometimes commit suicide because understandably, you know, one of the, the hideous things that I don't like about the UK is the media and just how unforgiving and relentless and tormenting they are when when uh, pursuing a story at the cost of someone's mental health. I think it's a massive injustice. Um, so, so I don't think I'd be able to sustain the level of scrutiny that the media has. And I practice self-awareness. I'm not saying... You know, I'm Deepak or anyone like that, but I can't imagine what it must be like to not have self-awareness and then have that level of pressure. Mm. Um, so, so self-awareness is critical. It's got to be the foundation. Mm-hmm. And you've also mentioned um, intuition a couple of times. So, so where where does intuition reside? Is it in the body or is it somewhere else? That's a good question. 
the way I see it, and, and there's many different um, philosophies and they're all cool. Hmm. My assumption, my observation, my intuition is that <laughs> our thoughts, feelings, and emotions come from our mental, emotional, and physical body and, and, and fundamentally our ego, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Hmm. Right? And our intuition is how our spirit communicates to us. And our spirit is where our genius is. So knowing what your thoughts, feelings, and emotions are saying to identify what the chimp brain is doing, you know, uh, or the reptile brain, the the many names that we've got for it, which is ultimately trying to protect you, which isn't a bad thing, by the way. So our our ego and our comfort zone, is is, it had a purpose. In, in, In our childhood, it was there to protect us and show us how the world works. So it had a place. But then the problem is that programming becomes that person's unconscious purpose you know so for example i grew up in a volatile household i uh, I designed an ego that didn't trust people so then up until knowing that particularly my 20s i just wasn't really in relationships that worked uh, because of my own fault and not a comment on the other person i never collaborated with anyone as an entrepreneur i never partnered with anyone i just didn't trust anyone so so my ego's purpose is to not trust people so that's still there. And actually, maybe I did a good job in my childhood to protect me from the, the violent household that I grew up in. But then when you come to purpose and spirit, it's like, hang on a second. Well, if you don't trust people, you're not going to hang out with people. You're not going to collaborate with people. You're not going to get onto podcasts. You're not going to get customers. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to fulfill your purpose, dude, right? So now I'm like, okay, cool. My thoughts, feelings, and emotions are saying insecurity, don't trust, fear, stay safe don't take risks. And my genius is saying, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, allow your heart to be broken, put yourself out there, get feedback. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and, and where I get that message from is intuition. Of course, you know, um, in the trainings we've shared together, we have a very powerful intuitive process because most people's intuition has not been trained or harnessed or educated. Our education system supports the rational mind, not the intuitive mind, as Einstein said. Mm. And so we now probably, I suppose, we could say are the school of intuitive genius so that we can turn that intelligence up and empower people to have their intuition at least compete at a a similar level of volume uh, to their ego and give it a chance, you know? So, yeah, I think intuition comes from your spirit and everything else comes from your ego, thoughts, feelings, emotions, mental, emotional, physical body. Okay. So... um... That and that's beautifully explained, by the way, because because uh, that that as you say is quite a quite a, maybe quite a challenging distinction to make. Um, as as you've said, you you've sort of talk, taken me through the process to access my intuition before, but could you just talk through the the steps just very, very briefly now for yeah. our benefit of our listeners? Yeah, sure. So, really, the goal in in anything is, and it's a good seamless link because the goal is to quieten down your ego just for a brief moment you know the ego is going to be raging there i always think of the ego as a friendly family member you know um, i'm sure we've all got one of them and and, and if you don't then you're probably that person so (laughs) check yourself in right so um (laughs) behave yourself so we've all got this family friendly family member who loves us they want the best for us they've always got an opinion but their advice is terrible 
And I kind of look at my ego as that friendly family member who's always got an opinion, but their advice is terrible. I love that person, right? I think our ego is an amazing creation that we're created. Like every one of us has created our own ego. So we need to bless it and love it and, you know, it, it acknowledge its, its purpose at the time. And, um, but, but like maybe just not listen to, to like not take the advice, listen to it, acknowledge it, invite it around for Christmas or whatever, you know, you've got going on birthdays, et cetera. Um, but, uh, but yeah, best not listen to that advice. So the trick is to quieten your mind just enough for a brief moment to the best of your ability, which is difficult under stress or tightness or, um, other high pressure moments so that your intuition can speak to you. So the first goal is to practice presence. If you can practice that, then that's probably is 80% of the battle so then you want to have an intention right so most people are masters of intuitive hindsight like oh man i knew i shouldn't have done that ah oh, i had that feeling i shouldn't have done that deal or i shouldn't have got into that relationship whatever so everyone's in a master of intuitive hindsight so what we want to do is we want to be a master of intuitive foresight to the point where you can not predict but be guided on what's going to be good or bad for you. So for example, you know, David, business strategies that might work for you might not work for me. We've all got our own journey. We've all got our own internal compass. Um, where are you at the moment geographically? Uh, in Devon, in the southwest of England. So you're in Devon and I'm in Seven Oaks. Okay. Mm. Now let's say we're going to have a meeting in London. So that's the purpose. The destination is in London. Mm. Now, if you typed into your sat nav, your starting point, and London as a destination, a particular uh, meeting place, um, which, you know, because you're a pain would be a very expensive restaurant. Um, <laughs> if I was paying, I'd see you at prep. Okay. So, uh, so, so imagine then, because, because you're at a different starting point with different experiences, different circumstances, certain past. If you then emailed me the instructions to go from your house to the very expensive restaurant that you're going to take me to, and I followed those instructions, we wouldn't end up in the same place. Right. So I'm a big believer that, you know, we all have our own journey. So, so the intention, like typing the destination into a sat-nav, is critical. Now, if we want to unpack that a little bit, to go back to your previous point, people can get the intention wrong. All right? So my intention in my late 20s was to get rich. That's why I was really drawn to the rich dad, poor dad thing, the financial independence movement. I got into that. I was trading and doing property and doing MLM and, any, anything to make money, I was doing that. Nothing wrong with that. But my purpose there was to make money. And actually, unconsciously, it was driven by a lack because in my childhood, we, we had a volatile financial situation. There were times where it was fine. And then my dad went bankrupt twice through alcoholism, right? So, so my purpose was driven from a pain there. So really, mastering clarity of intention and knowing that what you're asking is coming from a pure space of spirituality and not pain that's critical right and then at the end of the day you got intention you got presence and then you have to allow your curiosity which steve jobs alluded to on, on one or two occasions in these presentations you have to have the curiosity to just try the next step unfortunately our education system teaches us that there's a, a right way to go about doing things and if you get the wrong answer you're going to get punished and i don't know about you Matt, but life for me has not been like that particularly in business you try things out you try some ads, you try a product, you try a pitch, 
you know, you try things in a relationship. I tend to get instant feedback in that area of life. Um, so, Depending on so what you try. Michael, pretty rapid. <laughs> yep, I definitely got that wrong. Um, and, 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 and then you're just going to have the freedom to follow your curiosity. And I think curiosity is a beautiful gateway for intuitive guidance and fun because mm. we're here to have fun along the journey. So the three steps are, in no particular order, presence, set the intention, but really be clear on what it is you want. I mean, truly want, not what you think you want, what your neighbors told you what you want, not what your pain and your wound has told you want. You know, for example, let's say you were rejected in your childhood. A lot of people were. Well, then you might say, my intention is to be accepted. But I'm not sure that's the true intention because in some cases, maybe the intention is just to be in a loving relationship. And mm. there's a slight difference. Mm. You see? Yeah. So, so mastering intention, mastering presence, and then having fun with curiosity would... Um, we get people, you know, a long way down the journey. I think. Yeah, and I think that, that the, the last thing you just said then it, it is is so vital because because you, in a way, playing with it is okay. And and again, it takes the heat out, doesn't it, from this whole, whole pressure thing? Oh, I've got to know what my purpose is, and and you know the meaning of life and all that sort of stuff. But 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 surely we're here to we're here to enjoy ourselves, right? We're here to 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 play, and and you can't always be in that state of. Um, joy or happiness or ecstasy or, or, or whatever, you know, recreational drugs. Uh, to one side. <laughs> there was but, a joke there, but let's keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's supposed to be fun, right? I mean, you, yeah. you've got to play with it. Yeah. 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 You know, my, when I started doing the intuition work at a very, very deep level in terms of the training I was receiving, uh, my journey, my curiosity led me to stand up comedy. Mm. And I love performing at school. I love making people laugh, always did presentations. So I decided, based on the fact that it was about 80 pounds, to do a, a stand-up comedy course, you know. Um, and when you've been in the seminar industry and you see a training that's 80 pounds, you're just gonna you're just gonna buy it because you just feel obligated. So uh so I went on a stand-up comedy journey and and it was that journey which I, I invested 12 months in that taught me about creativity because you know, you sit at home, you go to the course, you learn how to tell jokes, you learn about the root of three, you write a piece of comedy. I'm imagining myself at the Apollo. I'm imagining myself with a TV deal, you know, facilitating and presenting eight out of 10 cats. And it's there, right? It's mm. real. Mm. You go perform that piece of content and an open mic night. And you're just not funny, mate. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's humiliating. Mm. And it's like, hang on a second. Mm. I've got the training. I followed the process. And like, it was torture. So, but I persisted because, you know, I did a lot of meditation, did a lot of intuition. I kept getting, just keep trying, keep trying. And what happened was that the stuff I'd prepared wasn't the genius. It was the stuff that happened along the way. That was the genius. So as you can see here, you know, when I get stressed, I talk really fast. And when I was doing a particular stand-up comedy competition, I was super stressed. I had a lot of friends in the audience, about three, 400 people in the audience, very minor, like four months experience and, um, and rarely got a laugh. Uh, so, so the stress and the environment led me to do things that were off script. So I remember like one, a person dropped their glass or something and I cracked a joke and it was timely and the audience loved it. Hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, audience participation. So I brought a bit of that in, which is obviously terrifying because it's unscripted. Yeah. 
And, and so my point is that by taking action, by observing what worked, observing what didn't work, genius became clearer. In fact, even with stand-up comics, they, they do a work in progress show where they get yeah, 100 people in the, in the room and test their material and have a bit of an informal practice, right? So then it was all the magic that happened in the middle of the preparation that caused the genius. And actually, I started winning competitions, um, which was even more terrifying because on some of the competitions, the prizes were 60-minute slots at Edinburgh, and I really only had about five or 10 minutes of content. And I was like, <laughs> my God, I don't know. I hope I don't win here because where am I going to get 50 minutes of content? But those five or 10 minutes of content were really good, David, really, really good. But they were the things that happened by accident along the way. You couldn't script that. You couldn't prepare for that. And you couldn't actually get that intuitively. You have to take action and go, aha, when I, in, when I you know, interrupt someone or, or, or I give them a bit of slack you know, in the audience on their career or take the mick out of someone based on their relationship, that got a big laugh. Um, but, but that didn't come from the training. That came from the action. So, yeah. 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 That's that, where the curiosity came in, mate. That's why I'm saying you've got to be curious. You've got to try things out. Yeah. And, and that was critical for my success in business because I brought that same learning into marketing because I had no previous marketing experience. But in my first year of trading, I did half a million in revenue. Second year of trading, I did one million. Third year, I did two because I just saw a boost button on Facebook and I clicked it. And then like some people showed up at my event and I was like, that's sick. I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> so, so if I hadn't had that freedom to try things out, number one, yeah. but also observe what worked, what didn't work, yeah. uh, to be frank, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, uh, yeah. In and, and, and what you've just said um, has triggered, triggered a thought with me. Have you, have you heard about um, Be Do Have? Yes. So um, uh, th that that's really powerful for me. So 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 be so so in a way, it sounds like you know you 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 being funny was actually more important than 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 ha than than having having the job of being a comedian in, in that sense. If you know what I mean, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, but also being around people who are funny, or yeah. if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, being around people who are successful. Yeah. So, but then in in that space, you don't want to lose yourself. And then be like someone else. Yeah. You know, you go back to the rich dad journey, they have a particular way of speaking, which is, you know, great. It's professional and no swearing and no jokes. Not the type of jokes I tell anyway. <laughs> so, so to fit into that system, I wasn't myself. I learned a lot. So I'm super grateful. I've, you know, thank everyone along that journey. But my point is, you don't want to be in an environment and lose who you are. You want to find yourself, but be in that environment at the same time. So there's a lot of conflicting paradoxical forces at play in your journey. Mm. And for me, because I grew up in a high pressure in household, I kind of like the chaos. I kind of like the creativity. I kind of like the pressure. Um, and, and, and I really do think that is a big factor in whether people continue a journey of purpose, um, success, relationship, self-awareness because it's extremely difficult and confronting. Um, you have to be okay with pressure. You have to be okay with getting it wrong. You have to be okay with being criticized and being judged and, and doubting yourself and the internal turmoil. Um, and to go back to your earlier point, which I thought was really profound and one that I actually forget, so thanks for reminding me, is got to bring joy into the, into the journey, you know. You got to add, add color in the, in the journey because otherwise 
I think people will struggle. I think it will really impact people's mental health if they don't enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it almost becomes a bit of a, well, you know, it's, it's, it's John Lennon, wasn't it? Um, life's what happens when you're making other plans. You're almost you're so focused yeah. on, 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 you know, getting there. You don't actually enjoy, enjoy the journey. And, um, and yeah, that, and that's come through really strongly from, from what you've said today. I guess I'm interested in um, how, because uh, a lot of what you've spoken about uh, it's been about kind of personal self-awareness and, um, you know, tapping into your own genius and your own purpose. How does this stuff translate into a business environment? I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's critical. I, um, I, as I said, with the Rich Dad journey, we literally would teach people exactly how to be successful. We'd even give them a mentor. I mean, they paid for it, but they'd have a mentor, a multimillionaire who's bought lots of houses, et cetera, and they'd still get it wrong. So that was wild. You know, when, when I'd been working in the company for a few years, I was like, like, what's happening here? This is weird. Like, literally, it's on a plate. And, and even now, I, I mentor people, you know, with the various programs and stuff. And number one reason people aren't successful is they get in their own way. So that shows up in many forms, mainly resistance. So that can that can show up because they have a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, um, a, a low self-worth. So let's take low self-worth, for example, which many people suffer from. And, and I, probably I suffer from still to this day, to some degree anyway. So if you've got someone who goes into a business mastermind, let's say a coaching accreditation, like we, we have a coaching accreditation, and you then teach them a coaching methodology, you get them some clients, you, you know, you show them how to sell and they convert that person. If they've got low self-worth, they might make a payment plan sale or they might discount or their rates could be below what the true value is, right? So therefore, they will still be broke or poor. So it wasn't about the tactics. It wasn't about the strategy. It wasn't about the mentor. It wasn't about the mastermind. Those are all important. If that person fundamentally in that example has low self-worth, they will undercharge. In fact, to go super deep here, yeah, I would suggest that they would even attract vibrationally clients who don't appreciate them. They don't show up on time. They don't pay. Um, they cancel. They refund. Um, versus someone whose vibration is higher, where their self-worth is higher, they follow the same process, yet they can charge more, attract clients easily, effortlessly, and even synchronistically, which is a massive concept. Um, which I believe is when you're in the flow of the universe, you attract great things as opposed to dysfunctional things. And um, and so you see, you can follow the same process, but just the one factor of self-worth can impact the results significantly. A lot of people say your network is your net worth. There's some truth to that, right? But if you give me a low self-worth person, of which there are many, and I'm still learning on that, and I gave them my database, I, I can guess, I can tell you now, they probably wouldn't make 10 grand. So actually, I've just given you my network. You've not made money. I can, I can personally, if you took all my networks and all my contacts where you took my phones away and all that kind of stuff, I personally could possibly go stand, well, I'm in Kent now, but let's say I went into London or even Seven Oaks Station is quite busy. Let's say I went into Victoria Station. I think I could make 10 grand in a day just by having conversations with people, just by inspiring, by believing them, by sharing my, my worth, et cetera. And so I think what's more true or complementary to network equals net worth, but arguably more powerful, 
is your net worth is relevant to your self-worth. Because think about it, dude. If why is it that when people win the Euro millions or the lotto, they completely blow that money, they their lives end up worth worse, all that kind of stuff? Because their self-worth is low, right? So then they give the money away. I, I bet people listening to this have got into some money before and almost instantly. A family member's had a tragedy, an incident, or something that needed money. Their car needed a repair. There's been a boiler that's exploded, or something's happened. So what's happened there, which people don't talk about, maybe I don't know if they know about this, is that the law of attraction doesn't need to just work in positive things. It's actually working all the time. So if you've got low self-worth, you're going to attract a partner who doesn't appreciate you. You're going to attract tenants that don't appreciate you. You can invest in a great area, follow the same strategies as someone who's making a fortune across the road. You're going to attract that stuff nearly saw in your life so so you know super super important to to in, in business you know that that was the point um you can become a ceo if you've got low self-worth you're going to have your staff members take advantage of you demand more pay hold you ransom you're going to work your socks off and and, and the company is going to be profitable everyone's going to get bonuses and at the end of the financial year you might not get paid i know that because that's what i did <laughs> So the first two or three years, I'd low self-worth. All the staff had a great time. They got paid. But I, when I looked at the balance sheets and, and my dividends and all that, I was like, hang on a second. I've just been a charity case. What's going on? And I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't valued myself here. I didn't feel equitable. I felt like I had to make my staff happy at my own expense. So it's essential, dude. It's essential. So how, do you, how did you um, connect those two things then? What, what, what... Painfully. <laughs> Apart from how it fell, how, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a payment plan. That's what I did. <laughs> when the HMIC called me up, I said, um, "Can I speak to this low self worth department, please?" <laughs> press one for rejection. Press two for imbecile. Press three for low self worth. Oh, that's me. Click. <laughs> Excellent. Brilliant. Now listen, um, it, it, as with many things in life, David, if if someone's willing to see it. It came from a painful experience, yeah. you know, feedback from the universe, feedback from the HMRC. I don't know, like we're getting feedback all the time, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, I believe that everything in our reality is a reflection of our consciousness. So mm. the fact that at the end of, it was either the second or the third year, I can't remember. I think it was the second year. Mm. Even though I had made seven figures in the business, I was living off credit cards. Mm. I was like, hang on a second. What the hell is going on here? Mm. And fortunately, I had some good mentors at the time, you know, and, and, and they sat me down and we spoke about, you know, paying yourself first and all these amazing principles, which, which are valuable and powerful. Mm. And, and by putting these principles in place, I was now making a structured, disciplined decision as opposed to an unconscious emotional decision of low self-worth. So, yeah, constantly learning, constantly investing myself. You know, if I if I see someone who's something about them and they are where I want to be, I wouldn't. I don't even think twice. I just invest in whatever thing they're offering. Yeah, mentors, mate, mentors. Mm. You need people to reflect back to you the aspect of yourself you can't see. It's critical. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and also again, it talks to the whole thing about um, intention. Because uh, if you're if you're if you're being intentional about what you're doing, then um, that there's. There's there's kind of the spiritual dimension to this, but there's also the the, the rational dimension, um, and yeah. and sometimes there's a kind of a okay, well, okay, the, the, a way of computing these things 
one one potentially leads you to to the other. So um, so yeah, that's really interesting. So how how much time should an individual spend outside of their comfort zone? I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> okay. I, I I I'm on the extreme end of the risk spectrum. Okay. Uh, my partner's always said, you know, I got issues. So. Um, <laughs> Which is hilarious because she's on the other side, but uh, it's, it's nice when we meet in the middle, you know, in the mornings in the tea room. Um, so, uh, so everyone can choose, David. I, 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 listen, there are some people who should stay in their comfort zone. Mm. You know, if I think back to to my mom who passed recently, um, she, she had a tough time, you know, and 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 would I say to her, oh, you got to do your affirmations and oh, you've got to take massive action and oh, you've got to step outside your comfort zone. Um, I think in a way that somewhere she probably did, you know, where, where she, you know, maybe not in the same environments that I did or the same areas of life, but but her putting herself first and putting boundaries up to 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 no longer um, accepting an abusive relationship, that that was her, that was her getting out of her comfort zone. And her being by herself for, for a period of time and not being in a relationship. So that was huge. Mm. But what I say to her, you know, go and spend a hundred grand on a course to become a, an entrepreneur. I mean, that would be um, wrong in my opinion. Mm. Um, so it's relative to the person, their age, their circumstance, their appetite for risk, their appetite for ambition. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm not of the opinion that your purpose, like I'm not of the opinion of the purpose Olympics. Yeah. where it's like who's got the biggest purpose um you know what i'm saying yeah uh, because i would win that uh, <laughs> in a spiritual non-competitive fashion naturally so, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know i've got a i've got a beautiful friend in south africa in cape town who looks after a, a dozen or so orphan kids and and whether or not i don't know i'm speak, i'm not going to speak on her behalf i'm speculating her but let's say all she did for the rest of her life was looked after the, that dozen or so kids and that made her heart sing and that made her soul sizzle and that made her feel fulfilled. Well, then that's, that's her big dream, mm. right? It's not about the, the vastness of it. Um, I just happen to be very ambitious and, you know, I do want to take over basically. So, so, you know, I think, I think it's a personal thing, dude. And, um, um, I, you know, I've been, I've been put under pressure in the past by coaches and mentors and almost had their, um, dreams projected onto me and it, it, it didn't wear well you know so yeah, yeah so i think your your appetite for risk your appetite for fulfillment and also your mental health mm. you know, let your mental emotional health is, is is important would i say to someone who's suffering with their mental health in a very clinical way you know go put 50 grand on a credit card to do a business program mm. absolutely not yeah um would I look at someone like yourself, for example, or, or myself, you know, um, who I think, yeah, maybe had a bit of sales background or got a bit of something about them. Um, there's not too much risk or responsibility in their life. And they're in the early 30s. So they've got a good mistake or two in them, you mm. know, left. Mm. Uh, put 50 grand on a business thing and, and, and work your freaking socks off. Yeah. yeah, I would say. So is contextual, but then intuition comes into it as well. Yeah. You know, instinctively as a, I, I take coaching and mentoring very seriously from a responsibility and ethics perspective. Um, I, I do not want that person to be worse off 
as a result of interacting with me. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Um, I think we do better than most. Um, we turn sales away because I sometimes think that it's not the right time for that person or you know, sales is an interesting thing because it's, it's a bit of a Jedi skill because when you know how to do it well, I think you have to be responsible mm. because if someone's vulnerable, for example, and their risk appetite's low and their mental health is struggling, I don't think it's ethical to take money from them in a course or some kind of thing. Um, and, and, and so, um, everyone's different, dude. And I think that the reality though, is the more problems and the more pressure you take on that, and you can do it in a relatively healthy way because, because being in your comfort zone, being out, being out of your comfort zone over an extended period of time, because it probably triggers your fight or flight mode can be very unhealthy. Um, but, I, but then, you know, the last point I want to make on that, because it's a very deep question is I do believe you can build up your resilience to being out of your comfort zone on a spiritual level. So I, I can deal as, you know, you're most, you know, this better than me. Um, I can deal with a lot of volatility, a lot of um, uncertainty, a lot of unresolved decisions, unresolved balls being dropped in life and still be okay with that. Um, the last few months I've struggled with that a bit, to be fair, more than I was capable of dealing with because the, the passing of my mom was devastating. Um, so, so probably in the last few months, I've been a bit out of my depth, uh, mentally, emotionally. So, so then I've just tried to be kind and try to put, surround myself with the right people, remind myself of my purpose, um, and you know, be more dedicated to my health and well-being, and 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 give my physical body the best chance of coping with the stress because that impacts my mental, emotional. Um, well-being as well you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we're all uh, making it up along the way dude well yeah. that's that, that's it and and uh, i mean your 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 answer to that question just because because you know pain is a relative concept so if, if your yeah. purpose comes from your pain it doesn't have to be this huge disaster it can be something that, that just that just hurt and, and, that, and that, that triggered a response um and and maybe there's something for you in that um your what your comfort zone is um you know that that is, is as you say different for different people and and also at different times in life and and so it's what is what's also awesome ryan listening to you is you know you know what you're on about you're an inspirational person who's helped thousands of people um and and yet you know you've got that humility and your that honesty about okay so right now at this point in time i need to i need to look after look after me for a little bit and take a different approach and all yeah. that and that that is that i see that as real leadership because you know being self aware uh, being in being in business leading other people role modeling the way you know you've got to be real and um, and so bless you for 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 sharing that because that is okay. uh, that's that's really really helpful Really helpful. Thanks, mm, cool. Awesome. So um we're we're almost at the end of our time together, sadly. Um, but um, but I'd just like to know if there's anything um you'd like to share. I'm gonna ask you to to tell us a bit about what you do in Super Genius and how people can get in touch uh, with you. Uh but um is there, are there any parting words you'd like to leave us with before you do that? Hello, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know. I love what you're doing, dude. Um, I know a lot about your story. Um, I love that you're now committing to service. And I think it's one of those things where 
when you've not reached that point in your life where you're like, there's those hierarchy of needs and like food, clothing, shelter. Why are you doing this for free? Why are you trying to help? It's, I remember being skeptical going, why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? You know, to, to reach a point where your purpose is serving the world with your natural gifts and talents is utopia uh, because that's a, a never-ending journey. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving that there's always more people to serve. Uh, there's always more ways to serve. And I uh, just want to honor you for your commitment to this part of your journey. And, um, you know, very blessed to be part of your discussion. And I know you've had the privilege of, of, of chatting with many, many great people. And, um, you know, if anyone's not clear on what their purpose is, apart from contemplating and exploring what you would love, thinking about who you could serve and make a difference to, maybe even just today, uh, will go a long way. So focus on what you love, focus on how you can serve people with your natural gifts and talents, and the rest will take care of itself, in my opinion. Amazing. So look, Ryan, how can people uh, find out more about what you do and, and get in touch if they'd like to, to do so? Yeah. So I'll just keep it simple. Just look me up on social, on Facebook or, or Instagram. Send me a DM. We've got lots of things going on. We run virtual events. We run coaching programs. Uh, we, you know, we, we've run a lot of events uh, in, in the UK, specifically in London, up until 2019. But we've gone online now predominantly because, you know, our vision is to give every single person on the planet the option of unleashing their genius and living a life of purpose. So, you know, someone who might be listening to this in 2023, 24, 25, 30, 40, who knows? Um, I'm, you know, we'll still be around and we'll be, we'll be serving in whichever mechanism is, is, is the most technologically current one. Um, but uh, reach out to me on social media, Facebook, um, at Ryan Pinnock and Instagram, same handle. Uh, send me a DM if you'd like to know more. And um, we'd love to serve you and, and get connected. So thanks, bud. Appreciate your time. Yeah, cool. Well, um, th thanks so much for coming on. It's been a brilliant conversation. And yeah, I would highly recommend uh, following you because, um, uh, and this is not just because you said follow David. Uh, but because <laughs> follow David. I'm getting the reciprocal, you know. <laughs> there you go, see. It's, it, worked, it works yeah, quick. You. It works really quick, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so yeah, but I, I, I just think that um, some, some of the stuff that, that, you, that you put out, some of the content that you put out, you know, even the ads, there's stuff in the ads that can help whether you click on the ad or not there's stuff in your ads that can help people just like light bulb definitely and and uh so 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 yeah follow ryan pinnock totally agree awesome thanks for coming on thank you brother god bless thanks for listening to people with purpose i hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review uh, tell all your friends and if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.